Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And this is a Disney podcast by a couple of weirdos in our early 30s who are going to give you Disney chatting from a kind of sassier angle than you might be used to in the Disney fan community. Yeah, there are often things that people, you know, like to gloss over because they really enjoy Disney, and we do too, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth talking about them sometimes. And one note here, because we're kind of on the sassier end of things, this is probably about a PG-13 podcast. We will occasionally be cursing. Uh, Please be aware of that if you're going to listen to it or if your kids want to listen to it or anything like that. We just don't want anyone to have misset expectations because, again, oftentimes the Disney fan community tends towards the unrealistically positive nature. (laughs) I don't know how to say that. Out of touch with reality. (laughs) Smile plastered to your face. Incredibly censored. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, you know dystopian future everyone must be happy <laughs> it gets a little brave new world in there like yeah this is a little more disney for grown-ups from a grown-up perspective so the first thing that we want to do is explain why we chose to call this podcast bored and sassy because uh, it might not read as a disney topic type of name to people um, we go to walt disney world every year we have been since 2013 or so And oftentimes when we're in the hotel, we will turn on the channel that just plays Disney's new Mickey Mouse cartoons all the time. There is one called The Adorable Couple, wherein uh, Minnie and Mickey are being cute as usual and come upon Donald and Daisy, who are being more normal people, having kind of a miserable day together. Uh, And Minnie and Mickey try to convince them that they need to be happy Um, And eventually they start trying to empathize with the way that Donald and Daisy experience the world, which results in them singing a song, which from Minnie's point of view um, includes the line, look at me, I'm bored and sassy in kind of a mocking tone. And uh, we thought that was kind of funny and sort of set the tone for the way that we want this podcast to be. It also sort of mirrors our perspective when we're on Disney property and that we're a couple of people in our 30s who do not have children there with us. So our focus is a little bit less on the, you know, everything must be perfect and magical, which Disney is so good at that show element of really immersing you in something really special. And while that's something that we appreciate greatly, it's a huge part of the reason why we go, we also don't believe that you can just sort of turn off the fact that people are stopping right in front of you and that, you know, kids are throwing their food all over the place and feeding the birds when they really shouldn't be feeding the birds. <laughs> Read the signs. I also, we definitely think that that can take away from the Disney experience because when you get wrapped up in that idea that every single thing has to go perfectly every single moment, um, if something doesn't, it can ruin your entire day. And we really focus on being realistic and engaging with the way that life is um, while also enjoying the magic of Walt Disney World. Yeah, I I realized that on my first trip when, for the first two days, we had a perfect bus every single time. There was just a bus that pulled up right as we walked to the bus stop, which set this totally unachievable expectation that there would just always be buses when I wanted to go to a park. And 
sure enough, the next day we finally had like a 25 minute wait and it was not a big deal, but there was a part of me that was a little bit disappointed that it's not quite as magical as it seemed like it might have been originally. So there's there's some of that bringing your expectations back a little bit just so that you're not you're not going into it saying, you know, oh man, if there's a line for this and I have to wait an hour waiting for this thing, my whole day is ruined. Or if my fast passes couldn't be booked, my whole day is ruined. No, there are plenty of great things to do. Even just waiting in line can be a lot of fun. So really just living in the moment and enjoying our experience there is our focus, uh, which sometimes means that we, you know, do acknowledge that there are some things that aren't so fun. And of course, because we're coming at this from uh, the angle of being a little more realistic here, we do want to make sure to emphasize um, why we really love Disney and to let you understand why we're doing this podcast in the first place. Um, I grew up on, you know, the Disney Channel. I was a child of the 90s. Um, I always loved the movies. My grandparents still have all of them on VHS. I got my one magical Disney trip as a child and then didn't get to go again until I was an adult. Um, till I was about 23 years old, went with a friend, fell in love with it. And then I took Sam, um, about a year after we started dating and he loved it too. And so we've really become, um, just huge fans of Walt Disney World in general and really like the planning aspects and helping our friends. So that's kind of part of why we started this podcast. Yeah. For me, I think a lot of the, the experience, why it was so compelling for me, is that I do really enjoy immersive entertainment. I enjoy being able to give myself over to an experience and not really have to work hard to focus on enjoying something. I don't have to really dig to get something out of it. Like on many vacations, you might have to work hard to find the really good spot to visit or you know a restaurant that isn't going to overcharge you and figuring out taxis in foreign countries and like there are a lot of wonderful things about traveling abroad and uh, for every wonderful thing there is another stressful thing and while the same could be said about Disney in a number of ways because we've sort of figured out a lot of the more challenging pieces and the, the pitfalls it makes it so that we just get to appreciate the benefits of having a very catered experience where priority number one, well, okay, it's safety, but for the most <laughs> part, they're working really hard to ensure that people are having a magical experience, which I appreciate that. It, it, it actually means that I can walk away from a very busy vacation and feel like I got to go on vacation rather than feeling like I got to play logistics coordinator yeah. for uh, a week. And I think a lot of people do the logistics coordinator thing, um, and I'm sort of a middle grade planner. Um, I want to know what I'm doing. I want to have a general idea and a general map, but I'm not going to be in a spreadsheet planning every single minute. Yeah, maybe maybe the reason that I don't feel like I've done logistics coordinating duties for the whole week <laughs> is because Val has done a fair bit of that. But it's me. I suppose so. Okay, Disney, you don't get as much credit. It's actually that Val does enough planning <laughs> that I don't really have to think about where I'm going in a given day, which is kind of important. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. That's really uh, that's a definitely a big part of it. But I've um, I've spent a good amount of time on um, the Walt Disney World subreddit, and while there's a lot of cool shit there. There's also a lot of people who post their itinerary and I open it and I just want to scream because it is a uh, an Excel spreadsheet that is planned down into like five minute increments with bathroom breaks slotted in. And I'm oh. like, oh, my God, please. No, like that's not uh. there's enough to do there. 
And it's a busy enough vacation, even without planning every minute. And I just can't imagine what it would be like doing that. And sort of, I think we're we're spoiled in that as just a couple, we don't have to think about planning in that same element because the only people that we have to please are ourselves. So we don't have children who are, are going to throw a fit and it will ruin their whole childhood if they don't get to go on Frozen. So, you you know, we don't have to plan exactly, you know, oh, we didn't get fast passes. We have to figure out when we're going to wake up to go get to Frozen, you know, as soon as possible. Instead, it's just the two of us. And, and actually, I think, Val, you even got to experience this on, a, on another level when you uh, ventured into the parks alone for the first time yes. a couple of years ago, yes. when you really just, it was so freeing because you you didn't have any reason to do anything other than, oh, I feel like this. Oh, I, I'll wait in line for that. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll do this. I'll take a break, you know? Yeah. I took a lot of pictures because it was like, oh, cool. I can, like, it's not going to bother anyone else if I stand in line for 10 minutes to take a picture of, like, with a castle or with a character or whatever else. Like, I took, I went to the Voyage of... The Little Mermaid took a picture with Ariel, like that kind of stuff. Are you saying that I don't like waiting in line for <laughs> pictures? Is, is that what you're implying? <laughs> I'm saying that I might not be as likely to say let's both of us wait because I would want us both to be doing something that's a little more engaging. Um, we take plenty of pictures now because we have the annual pass, but uh, it's 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 just one of those things that if I'm walking around by myself, I'm more likely. I mean, that's how I tried Space Mountain for the first time and kind of the only way I feel comfortable writing it because I scream so loudly and it's really embarrassing. Anyway, the the point here, back to the point, <laughs> we both really like Disney for a bunch of reasons. It's a comfortable, fun experience. There's so much good to say about it. There are so many things to highlight. There's a bathroom every 25 feet. <laughs> it's it's just, it's a, it's a great magical place and that's why we keep going back. That's what everyone else covers, so right. that's why we're going to cover the other side of things uh, more often than not. And don't take that to say this is only going to be dunking on Disney, the podcast. Um, it's really just that we Gosh. will touch more heavily on those things because we've had a running list over the last few years of things that have just made us like raise our eyebrows or swear. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let me let me check to see if dunking on Disney is still available as a domain <laughs> name. Because I think we might have to change our, our whole Dunking now. on Disney. Dunking Dunk on Disney. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. But oh, no, man. I mean, that's not that's not the point. That's just a feature here is yeah. that we won't pull our punches just because it's Disney, even yep. though we love Disney more than most probably people. most humans. So. <laughs> When's our next trip? Less than 30 days now? Less than yep. 30 days. And I can't <laughs> yeah. wait because I really need a vacation. <laughs> The first thing that we want to chat about today is the Frozen 2 trailer, which uh, Sam may have heard me squealing over a few days ago and been like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, the Frozen 2 trailer came out. You have to see it. Yeah, I was worried that she was having some sort of medical event because I, I just <laughs> sort of heard squealing and, and maybe a whimper from the other room. And I was like, oh no, did did a family member pass away or, you know, what, what happened? Why is she so emotional? And I wasn't expecting it either when I saw, oh, Frozen 2 trailer is out and I kind of went, oh, okay, you know, like this is going to be whatever it's going to be. It's kind of popular to hate on Frozen. So I was a little bit skeptical. Yeah. And well, the sequel that is just the name of the thing and then two, like the Lion King 2 is like, you know, you just have this bad taste it's in your mouth. It's usually direct from, to VHS. Right. The, the, direct, the direct to VHS experience that we had growing up was you get one good like Disney animated classic and then you get something that we kind of pretend doesn't exist. 
Um, and for some reason, people, you know, th they will license a whole bunch of toys and stuff for a sequel that nobody remembers. So, yeah. So I was really surprised by this trailer because I was I think I was in bed watching it in the morning or something. I wasn't really sure what to expect when I saw this trailer uh, come out. I hadn't been paying attention to a ton of the news about Frozen 2. I didn't know if any plot elements had been um, revealed yet. And so I opened it and I instantly was like, Elsa's wearing leggings. Is she, what is she, is she training? And I just like, immediately we went right back into the magic aspect of the film. Yeah, so we get this, this really good opening sequence where we're seeing magic done somewhat casually. Although I'll, I'll admit, I don't think it's training. I, I think, think yeah. I think Elsa's like stuck on an island or something. <laughs> I was like, she's going to start yelling at beach balls, calling them Wilson. Trapped on an island with Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> trapped oh, in, goodness. I'm sorry. Trapped, trapped in an island. Trapped in an island. Trapped in an island with Josh Hutcherson. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's... Elsa's actually going to be played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, and, no, and she'll I... be the only character in the film. I definitely did. Um, I liked that it seemed like... She was either, again, uh, my initial was training, whether she was doing either. She was using her magic really casually and in a way that was like, oh, this is kind of scary. Like you're diving into, you know, 40 foot salt water, presumably waves. Like this is a lot. It was intense from the start. Can we also talk about the fact that it's salt water? Like how strong is her magic that she's, she's just casually freezing salt <laughs> water? That's my thing. I was like, like oh that's my wild. God, you're freezing salt water. And obviously it breaks some and whatever, but... Uh, but that was cool to see. And then I got more excited when we we pushed off into the little segment where suddenly there was this purplish fuchsia colored fire. And suddenly there was some female character that I didn't think I recognized. And there was wind magic that seemed to be happening. And my thing with with Frozen is that we had this this single character who had magic and then you had the trolls who were kind of like out there being vaguely magical but there wasn't any understanding of like oh there's a, sub a subset of characters a subset of people who are born with powers or whatever yeah and it's it's something too that i think in a lot of disney films we see magic but we don't really get into it in any way and it's there's not really it's not really necessary for there to be an explanation there's just like oh there's a sea witch oh there's right. a, a <laughs> queen with these magic artifacts and there's not really any incentive in a you know very much a children's film to get into those things but now in an era where fantasy as a as a genre in entertainment is so very common not just in the like fairy tale type of setting but in the you know kids are reading stories about superheroes and supernatural creatures and you know it's sort of a normal thing exactly <laughs> and and so it makes sense that where where does frozen have to go from here you have a character with magic you have resolution to the initial obstacles but now you have this group of people and presumably they're just going to rule a kingdom and everything's great, right? <laughs> um, so where do you where do you go from there? And I'm really excited that oh, what could pose a, a challenge to this uh, this resolution that we had at the end of the last film? And instead of it being like the first film where the challenge was the controlling your own magic, now it's the the threat is magic from without. It's uh, an external threat, it seems. Or maybe not even a threat. Maybe it's people are gathering resources. It's Elsa's girlfriend! Okay. <laughs> That's already my headcanon for this film. Because I feel like at some point they mentioned that Elsa was going to have a girlfriend 
Like that was a th- that was a little nugget that came out was like Elsa will have a girlfriend in Frozen Two and I was like oh my god it's the other magic user that's her girlfriend and that's my headcanon now and I will accept no other explanations. I can't wait for the next full trailer to come out and <laughs> just, just dash totally that blow that away. Yeah, it's like no Val, you were very wrong. Yeah, I, and that's probably gonna be the case. But I just got excited because I don't like it when there's no explanation for things. I want to know why Elsa in particular had her powers. My assumption in the first film was that it was going to turn out that her sister had fire powers. And then it was like, nope, Ice Queen, good. Nobody else has anything. Even the trolls barely have anything. And so um, I'm very excited to see them expand and sort of, sort of hopefully tell us more about what magic is in the universe of Frozen. Yeah, and that's something that I, I won't say it was lacking in the first film, but it's something that I was hoping I would see because we got to see the montage early on of Elsa using her powers. And to me, that that meant, okay, we will get to see her develop an understanding of these. And we really didn't until suddenly she can make whole castles and oh, dresses. And, I have a castle now. And then, right. like, I still can't really control them all the way. And then it was just this, like, oh, love. Ah, like there really wasn't a lot of development there. Which is a little bit funny too, because she clearly has immense power that she can't control very well. And yet at the same time has immense power uh, and finesse in using it. Because you can't make a dress or <laughs> make a, a incredibly detailed castle. Or create life. Or create life <laughs> without a, you know, a sophisticated touch over your power, I presume. I presume maybe they'll go into I've that. I've never tried it myself, yeah, but I, I mean, mean, I would assume it takes a sophisticated touch. Okay, so <laughs> research for the next episode will go away and see see how hard it is to build a castle or a dress or create life with our magic powers. I still think of that as the Dr. Manhattan sequence. Watchmen, did you watch? Yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. to Mars and he just like makes a like a crystal oh, castle. Oh yeah, that's right. And I, I forgot. Like I literally makes, was like, what? he makes a house. Did you copy Watchmen? <laughs> What's going on here? I think I think it's it's just the the lonely depression house. It's you know <laughs> traditionally made of crystal. Traditionally or ice. crystal. Or you want it to be see-through. ice is crystal, so that's fair. Something about glass houses there. <laughs> so anyway, I'm really excited about this trailer for this film. Um, of course, they gave us the little like Anna draws the sword at the end, and like to give us Anna did at least one thing in the trailer, but. Um, it looks like it's going to be, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be a little buddy comedy because it seems like Kristoff and Sven are there too and Anna and Elsa are all traveling together, but um, it looks real good. One thing that I'm actually wondering, I'm glad you mentioned the sword, is sometimes Disney trailers can be a little bit misleading in that uh, a really good example is Brave, actually. Brave shows this trailer that is just loaded with action. It's clearly showing a trailer for a a full-on action movie and action princess was sort of a thing but there was a lot that wasn't about that there was a a a lot uh, other than the little bit of action that we got and i'm curious what the actual balance in in frozen will be because obviously the really dramatic parts of a film are the action sequences running across water using your ice powers getting thrown around by wind powers and then beautiful landscapes. Like, that's that's what's going to get people excited about something because they're really dramatic. But I'm curious how much that will be the exception to, to what's happening or if they'll be going on some sort of wild journey that is 
going to have lots of action in it or if it's going to be you know is it going to be more like the hobbit or something where there's there's oh, some venturing happening yes and they find interesting stuff along the way and make friends or you know it's it's really hard to tell what it's going to be with so little so i i think we're all excited for the next trailer to to really see what kind of film it will be because we still don't really have that we just have some snapshots yeah I did also, too, like the kind of Moana-y vibe that I got off of the waves, like, crashing and seeing that she was going under a couple times. I was like, I see you. So the crossover's happening, clearly. Yeah. She's going to meet... So Moana has ocean spirit powers and... <laughs> that Perfect. There we go. They can work together yep. and shape the water and freeze it. So, perfect. basically, this is becoming Avatar the Last Airbender or... There we go. Yeah. Oh, so the it Fire Nation like attacks. This. That's that's what's going to happen. Is the Fire Nation's going to attack, and then Elsa's the only one who can stop them. Yeah. I mean, it does look like this new magic user is probably going to be wind. Although the, it, there was fire in that trailer, so I are there two? Are I mean, I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm really excited. So now it's time for the sass corner. You can't see my finger guns, but I'm doing some finger guns for that. Um, we'll make a sound effect that's just like finger guns. <laughs> no, God, please. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so the the sass corner for today uh, is really going to be going over the change to daily ticket pricing in October 2018. So this was something that we all knew was coming for a long time. And the ostensible reason for doing it was to control crowds. A lot of us thought that was bullshit when we heard it. Um, because first of all, it's not going to work that way. Most people have set vacation dates when it can work for them. They're not going to buy a different time just because it's a little bit cheaper. It was really, uh, you know, it was the... The actual reasoning that they did it was just to obfuscate additional price changes. Yeah, price really prices. what I'm what I'm seeing is they're taking advantage. They're, it's a maximization problem. They can deal with lower headcount if enough people are still going that it's still a win for their increased ticket prices. So really all they're doing is making it so that they don't damage the already weaker days by essentially giving them a slight discount and that's really it on top of that they do like you said get the benefit of obfuscating how much they actually change the prices and in reality like as as we've talked about all it is is a price increase because they can afford it and because it makes them more money even at the cost of sort of pricing out more and more of the middle class yeah and the reason that it bothered me that they they phrased it as a daily, you know, to, to help with crowd, dis, you know, crowd distribution over dates. The reason it bothered me is because we all knew that it was a price increase that they were just trying to disguise. Um, and what, what really proved that was that the day that they changed to the daily pricing model, they also increased annual pass pricing. And I had asked, we were at Walt Disney World when this happened, and I had had chatted with them um, via their help chat and asked, hey, you know, we're up for renewal. Should we renew tonight? Like, do they know, do you know if it's gonna increase? And they said, of course, very carefully worded, no ticket increases for annual passes have been announced. So I was a little skeptical still, but I was hopeful. And then I woke up the next morning and the price had gone up a significant amount. 
Yeah, and you you even you even got some leading information on the phone that you shouldn't worry about it. Basically, they reassured you oh, yeah, to not yeah, worry about yeah. it, which was part mm-hmm. of the problem because they didn't I understand tell that staff. They, right? Exactly. They it was not the fault of the folks I spoke with. They clearly had not been told, um, but that was what really sealed it for me. That the daily price tick the daily that was what really sealed it for me. That the daily ticketing prices were actually a price increase that they were trying to disguise. Um, Fortunately, Disney's customer service is great. And uh, Sam had to wait as I negotiated, we'll call it, at Epcot's guest services. Yeah, Val may have uh, uh, put on her, her, I don't know, what's a good name? Susan? Brenda? What's that? Uh, She may have spoken to a manager or two. Um, in order yeah. to, to sort of get get I went and got the, the Kate Gosselin haircut real quick and put on some sunglasses and uh, pulled my you know threw my white lady weight around and uh, and I said look I'll renew now if you give me the price I would have gotten yesterday but as a loyal customer I am upset by as the a loyal customer. <laughs> Um, but, but it truly was, it was, I had tried to make sure that it wouldn't be a problem because we were on the fence about whether we were going to renew because technically we had upgraded to APs in the first place to save money, um, you know, to use last year's tickets again. And now we've just sort of realized that we're just going to go more often instead. So we're we're not saving money. We are just spending a little bit more money than we would have to go like twice as often. And we live in New England um, and can take a pretty quick couple hour flight down from Providence. So it's uh, it it works out just fine. It it is just uh, something that we've decided is our life now. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about what Disney could have done differently. So I think Part of the problem here is that Disney seems to be, as we've talked about previously, kind of allergic to negativity. And so they're they're not going to be upfront about the fact that they are effectively just raising prices because they can. Uh, It's also, I mean, they're a publicly traded company. They have, you know, they have shareholders to satisfy. Um, But it's not like Disney World is doing poorly and desperately needs to increase profits but at the same time, there is the the argument that could be made that, okay, if Disney's going to continue really pushing things, they need to be reinvesting really heavily, which means that they need to raise profits in order to be able to reinvest and still yep. keep shareholders yep. happy. So really, like, the challenging thing here is there's no good spin on, I'm sorry, we're pricing out more and more of the middle class. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, they could have been a little bit more straight about it so that people didn't feel betrayed when they realized what was happening. Yeah, and we've got other topics that we're going to cover over time that hit on a similar theme here, like the pricing for parking when they started charging for parking last year. Um, that's something that we want to dig a little deeper into again as well. Um, but it's they've been doing more and more things that kind of uh, don't feel as honest in terms of the pricing. And I don't know if you know this, but there's already a rumor that they're about to increase prices again about four months after they just did. And I think that's why, because they could get away with a sneaky increase in October and then another increase now in February um, very shortly after. Yeah, the the parking stuff too, the, the adding costs for parking, it's sort of starting to feel a little bit like you're getting nickel and dimed where rather than some of the benefit of of a Disney vacation to me is knowing what I'm going to be spending mm-hmm. up front. Everything's That's, just there. Right. Especially if you if you do decide to get a meal plan too, then you can pay for almost everything in advance. Right? And 
feeling less and less like that's the case. Like, what what else are they going to start charging for? Yep. I mean, they've already started making it uh, feel like you are you are paying money for for housekeeping. Yeah, you're just burdening because, them right. if you don't if you don't <laughs> decline housekeeping or right. So I'm wondering what they're, they're locking going up to start all the toiletries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering what they're going to start charging for, or that they're going to start removing as a part of their service to to save money or to make more money uh, at the cost of the experience because I am a little bit concerned because so much of the magic for me is just feeling super taken care of and if we have to fight just to get coffee restocked in our room so that we can (laughs) wake up in the morning that's a little bit frustrating yeah and that is a big part of it uh for of these vacations for us is really that experiential part it's not worrying about things it's being able to um, have everything pre-planned and pre-paid for. We're obviously never going to drive. We, t- you know, we take the plane, gets right into MCO. We take Disney's Magical Express. You don't want to drive for like twenty hours. Oh yeah, to go um, to actually, fun fact: I did that once, but it was actually my friends were going all the way to Florida. They dropped me off in Savannah, Georgia, to meet my internet girlfriend. But I've made most of that drive, and it's not fun. No. <laughs> So we're never driving. We don't rent a car when we're down there because we're just staying on Disney property. And the times that we haven't, if we've kicked over to Universal, which is a whole topic in and of itself, um, we took the mirror shuttle. Well, and that's, again, most of the magic for me is feeling super taken care of. And like, I don't have to worry about figuring that stuff out. I can forget how to drive for a week. Well, I don't have to think about traffic. I don't have to think about how other people are driving because I'm on a monorail or something. <laughs> Which we should talk about minivans at some point. Look, that's a topic. That's a topic. You're just trying to list. burn through all of our topic, our channel topics, our podcast topics. <laughs> no, it's called it's teasing. YouTube. I'm teasing oh, so that if people oh. want to, to hear our thoughts <sighs> about minivans. See, because... Sam has done podcasts before and I haven't. <laughs> so here he is giving away podcast secrets. You tease your future topics. <laughs> Oh, I love it. See, you're just pretending that, oh, I just thought of this great thing now and haven't been brainstorming for weeks. And, oh, we'll talk about that in a future episode. How yeah, about that? Yeah, we'll touch we'll oh, that later. Yeah. Great. Oh, how yeah. organic. <laughs> That's how you engage with your audience. It's all about authenticity. Um, yeah, so really the the big thing with this daily pricing increase to circle back to kind of the main topic there is just that it does feel like another price increase that again, they're now doing one less than four months after they did the first because that one wasn't technically called an increase. So they probably figured that they can get away with it. And our issue is that we are fine. Um, we are financially solvent. We're able, obviously, as we've said, to take trips when we feel like it. The concern is that that we have is for other folks, for middle class folks um, who have kids, a family of four that want to go down. That's who I'm really worried for because I think it's a really great experience to have as a kid. And I don't know how people are going to afford it. I'm also really worried about the families who've been telling their kids, you know, yeah, we're saving up for this because it's not a cheap vacation. And if you are not making you know, tech startup money or something, it might be the kind of thing where with a, you know, family of four, you need to save up over several years. And at that, you have a limited window where your kids are going to be really excited about it and where the, you know, that sweet spot of of joy for your multiple kids uh, will align perfectly. And saving up for that is going to be challenging. And then saying, you know, I'm sorry, uh, Timmy and Susie, we can't go. I'm just making up names. I can't. (laughs) 
we can't we can't go this this year we're gonna have to maybe try next year or maybe next yeah. year and it's, then feeling like if that keeps moving further and further out of reach there are people where that's just like that's that's gonna be kind of crushing because they're trying really hard to give disney their money and disney keeps moving, <laughs> moving the, the goalposts. Yeah, yeah they keep moving the goalposts, and and that's what's tough is i really don't know um how folks are going to continue to afford it and as much as i love going as an adult i do love to see kids everywhere having a great time um and i think that's just worrisome to me that they keep doing these increases because i think they are going to start pricing more and more people out and i just think it's sad to have people priced out because the experience is so good if it felt like we were getting more because we were paying more that would be different but it doesn't really feel that way I'm a little concerned, too, because we have some huge attractions coming soon with Star Wars stuff appearing, Galaxy's Edge. It's, it's, going to, it's going to be a huge draw to a park that hasn't recently had a huge draw. And from, what, Toy Story Land wasn't, like, everyone knocking down doors to get in? I mean, Slinky Dog <laughs> is a great ride, so, and it was way busier than I've ever seen it, it's to be true. honest. So, I think, I think the... The thing is, from my perspective, I'm saying, oh, hey, maybe a lot of the people will be spread out more throughout the parks and it'll increase overall capacity for people actually attending the multiple parks, right? But from Disney's perspective, they just say, okay, now that's a possibility that gives us the, the potential to maximize everything and to have all the parks full at once. Yeah. And if we're, we're able to do that and raise prices... Because they also know that people are still going to show up for, for Star Wars stuff. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at what Universal did yep. with Harry Potter. Yep. You have people who literally cannot afford a vacation to Florida who, because they were such a big fan, ended up taking trips that probably were really awful financial decisions. <laughs> that was as, because I mean, they had to go to that Diagon was as Alley, big, Probably you know? as big of a draw the first time for me was getting to go to Hogsmeade in 2011. For me, Universal, that first time that I went down as an adult was probably as big of a draw as Disney was um, and it was funny because that's very much flipped but um, you have a certain audience that you're really going to tap into with with Galaxy's Edge and I think that's something that they're they're trying to push and see just how much money they can make out of all of this. Yeah and the, the Harry Potter fandom is big but the Star Wars fandom has been rolling for a lot longer. <laughs> it's multi-generational so think, in a right, way that I Harry think, Potter I think isn't. We've got a lot of very young Star Wars fans who've been watching the, the shows. We have some medium age Star Wars fans who really like the newer films and then you have a bunch of people who waited in line to go see the first film who are still diehard fans. And then you have the people who waited in line to see the prequels and who hate everything. <laughs> actually, what's amazing to me is... A lot of I, those kids actually really love right, it. A, love a lot of those still. people have yep. like really mm -hmm. good memories. Like, yep. oh, I loved The Phantom Menace kids, as a like, kid. Kids like four or five years younger than me kids, I say. I'm 32. <laughs> um, but folks so I used to... So you mean adults with jobs. <laughs> adults with real jobs. Folks I used to work with um, a couple of jobs ago, you know, four or five years younger than me maybe. Like, some of the fight scenes were from, from those prequels were their like hype up music if they were having a rough day they would just put on like the obi-wan qui-gon and darth maul fight like as like their hype up like oh yeah we're gonna get going like that was their rocky theme and it was just really surprising to me but there is a generation that even likes those so it's just a really huge huge fandom right and bringing it back the other thing there is that the 
the theming aspect, the thing that Disney is so good at is that immersive theming. And I think that the experience that will be offered there is something kind of unlike anything people have gotten to experience associated with their strong fandom. Because you can go stay at a hotel themed in your fandom's universe. People will Star lose Wars their LARPing. minds. <laughs> right, exactly. Official I mean, Star Wars LARPing. People will lose their minds to do that. I'm sure we will have problems with people squatting in that hotel like people have. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's that extra waiver. Do they still make you sign the, the please don't squat in our resorts Probably. Uh, part? Not yeah. me. Well, it's remember. probably fine print somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I just remember reading about how that was a, a big issue because it's such a magical experience that people don't want to leave. Oh and, and so m- much higher than average rates of people squatting in hotel rooms occur at, at Disney, apparently. That's rough. It's hearsay. I, I haven't seen any hard data, but if there's ever a place where that will happen, it'll be Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I think we've sort of covered why we're a little bit concerned about the price increases. I'm... Again, we're, I'm mostly concerned about the fact that it was not transparent. It was it was hidden in order to try and reduce the negative impact, which I understand, but it's kind of it's kind of crummy. I'm not I'm not happy about it. Here I am not cussing just because <laughs> uh, I, I don't know something about talking about Disney makes I think it's I know because, I said bullshit. Well, I, was, I know ooh, ooh. my my Disney brain uh, makes me cuss a little bit less just because. When I'm at the resorts, I try not to, to cuss at children too much. So, like... Under my breath as I walk by. That's the general rule. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll see that's going to depend on the topic, too. Um, it's really going to be the angrier I get, the more I curse and the more I sound like I'm from Boston. So you'll hear accents come out and more swearing. In other episodes, I'm sure. So for now, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our first episode. And thanks for bearing with us. It's always a little bit uh, uh, bumpy in first episodes of podcasts, especially because we're still sort of figuring out uh, how to how to do this smoothly. Um, and as always, uh, all of our listeners are literally thousands of listeners who somehow stumbled across <laughs> episode one of a random podcast. So famous. I know. <laughs> it's, it's getting to my head already. <laughs> Um, as always, if you have feedback, if there are things that you have questions about, anything like that, we are very much here and this is the best possible time to reach out to us because uh, we literally have nobody reaching out to us yet because <laughs> this is our first episode. Yeah, so uh, you can find us at boredandsassy.com. We'll have a contact page there. We are also at Bored and Sassy on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can kind of find us, give us feedback for the moment. We'll set up an email address at some point, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, if you have any topic ideas that you'd like to hear a couple of, you know, techie types in their early 30s from New England cover on a Disney podcast, um, feel free to shoot them our way. Thanks for listening. Bye. Finger guns. <laughs> no, God. <laughs>